Welcome to FIO on the Air, the voice of the festivals and events industry in Ontario. Please welcome our CEO and your host, Dave McNeil. Hello and welcome to another edition of FIO on the Air. Today we're going down our education stream and we've got a masterclass coming up. I'm hoping everybody has seen our notices on Facebook, on LinkedIn and, and our direct mail campaigns to all of our members and non-members. And it's going to be a masterclass that we're holding in Hamilton uh, and it's... October 10th, 2019, and it's called Safety First. And we've got Janet Celery with us today to talk a little bit about health and safety and the event world. Welcome, Janet. Thank you, Dave. Um, just for those out there that may not have heard of Janet Celery and uh, Celery Health and Safety, a little bit of an elevator pitch on who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, my background is actually technical theater. I'm a graduate of Ryerson Theater School in the technical production theater program. So uh, the first big hunk of my career was spent in stage management. And I had a curve change following a critical injury with an actor when I was working just up the road from here uh, at the Stratford Festival. So that led me to a lot of questioning about how we account for health and safety when it comes to performances and events. Uh, I subsequently became the health and safety manager at the Stratford Festival and for the past just over 10 years I've been doing my own uh, consulting business with an area of specialty that's arts, entertainment, live performance, live events. And you and I share some Olympic experience as well. Talk oh. about your Vancouver experience. Oh we sure do. So that was definitely a highlight. Not too long after I left the Stratford Festival I headed out to Vancouver to be part of the uh, Winter Olympic ceremonies. Uh, so we did the opening, we did the closing and we did uh, dozen and victory ceremonies in between. So that was a really great opportunity, not just to work with a gigantic project, which it was, but also to rub shoulders with folks who had done these this scale of events internationally, um, to work with folks from the UK and from Australia, Italy, the US, and really beginning to uh, pick up on how they approach these kinds of events. Um, so to get that kind of global perspective while in our own country was really valuable for me and also to figure out ways that uh, that certainly I could support some of the folks who were coming in to work on the project who might have been smaller companies, companies that didn't really have a lot going on with their health and safety but needed to fit into that structure in order to be able to do their work as part of the Olympics. So it was pretty darn exciting. And and a lot of people, when you, when you talk about Olympics and you talk about the Stratford Festival, I mean, everybody's eyes and ears open up and they think, well, that's a big scale thing and we're much smaller, so that doesn't really apply to us. But uh, that's not right. Well, it's not right, uh, partly because... The legislation applies to all of us. Uh, the, the tricky thing can be in sort of scaling it up, scaling it down. So what you end up with is a really good fit for the work that you do. So yes, I started at the Stratford Festival doing health and safety. But the moment I started, we only had one piece of paper. And that was a policy that went on the bulletin board. Uh, we had a sort of marginally functional joint health and safety committee but when you look behind the curtain there really wasn't anything else to support it so uh, when I started that job which was in 1999 I didn't even have peers I didn't know a single other person in Canada who was doing health and safety for an arts organization so uh, the journey that I took in trying to create that program is a very parallel one to what people are trying to do regardless of the size of their organization. 
I mean, I work with, I, I had worked with a wonderful small theater company in which the woman who ran the company was the only year-round paid employee. She hired half a dozen to a dozen actors for periods of time during the year, but she was committed to having a health and safety program that would support her people. And so we built it based on the things she did. And that's that I think is the real key to this, is helping people figure out what it is they need, looking at what they've got already, and then how do they even get started? Because that can be the biggest piece. You know, where do I even start to, what's the first bite I take out of that element? elephant? And I think sometimes some of the mistakes some of us make in the festival world is we, you know, we're largely volunteer based. And I think a lot of people think that, you know, well, our volunteers are getting health and safety training at their place of employment. And that's just transferring over here. And in some cases, bits and pieces of that are great. But you've also got a due diligence to your festival, your volunteers, and your audience to ensure that everyone is is working or enjoying in a health right. and safety. Uh, and part of what we need to do with events is we're, we're because we're bringing in, uh, you know, whether it's volunteers, uh, contractors, freelance workers, whoever it may be, we're bringing them in from all different places. And sometimes that's fantastic because they have this experience they bring either from a full-time job or from other event work or, you know, wherever they might spend their time. And that adds to the sort of richness of experience. But we need everyone to start on a level level playing field. They need to understand very, very basic things about the organization that is producing the event. Simple things like, you know, what are the hazards I'm going to be facing? What am I supposed to do about them? Who do I report a hazard or an incident to? Um, what do I do if there's an emergency? Am I expected to leave? Am I expected to help? Um, all of those expectations need to be resolved in advance because if you ask a whole pile of different people to respond on the fly you're going to get a whole lot of different responses some fantastic some not so much so um, you know big or small this is something that we all need to address and as you're doing your health and safety as you're working through the through the process it really helps in the critical path for your event is as you're looking at well what could go wrong or what might happen Yep. And you're identifying those risks and those elements. Yep. But you're also coming up with solutions and how, how you respond to those incidents. Indeed. And one of the things that I was really surprised to learn was what a positive impact health and safety can have beyond the actual keeping people safe. So um, one of the, uh, there was a cool thing that happened in Stratford where they brought in a consultant to talk about internal communication for the organization. Um, what are the things that are working well? Where do people feel they're listened to? Where do people feel, feel that they get a response? And health and safety was a big part of that. People felt that they could talk about it. They felt that they could get information. Um, when you're looking at your event timeline, you know, we're very different from industry, right? Industry, you can say, okay, we're going to plan to do that in six months and that in a year. Well, hello, the event has come and gone by then. Um, we need to establish those expectations and documents so that when the event comes, we can just like jump right ahead and, and be fulfilling the different tasks that we need to do to get that thing on. Um, so it's very much a part of the timeline. If you skip the steps, if you don't make plans for health and safety, you're going to run against some things that are going to derail your, your process potentially. And, and health and safety and creating some policies for whether you're a small 
seasonal uh, one or two day event or mm-hmm. a three to five day event or a nine day event. Are, are your your plans that you have in place, are they fully scalable, um, easy to follow along? Right. So um, so part of, so the work I do through my consulting business, Celery Health and Safety, is very much helping people create custom stuff. But that's not something that's accessible to everybody. As part of the training that I do, I really try to spend time on directing people to resources Uh, generally free resources that they can look at and they can you know pick out a template and and go okay yeah that feels right for us and and to have some checklists about here's the components maybe I don't need all these bits but I should at least be thinking about them Um, so I'm a huge fan of free resources um, and not all of them are Ontario specific and that's okay we can find some great stuff from other jurisdictions that we can just go okay let's Let's just make a, a few tweaks to that because it speaks to that thing we do. You know, we have a lot of tents or we have a lot of uh, temporary um, structures, stages. Um, you know, what are the kinds of things that we're dealing with? Are we going to have people juggling fire? There's a guideline for that. Are we going to have people doing performer flying? Because everybody loves circus, right? Um, there's some guidelines. So part of what I can do is help people to locate that stuff. And then they've got it at the ready. You know, they may think they're, I mean, I have people saying all the time, oh, we'll never do that. We can't imagine doing that. And, you know, five weeks later, I'll get a phone call saying, somebody had a great idea. Uh, And you want to be ready to respond to those things. Because you don't want to have to say, yeah, that's a great idea, but, you know, we're not going to be able to do that. Um, You want to be able to enable people to fulfill those great, great ideas. I think that's my view. And I think some people and some organizers, they, they think they're mitigating risk by putting disclaimers out by, you know, if you sign off here, we're not responsible. And, mm. But there's there still is a certain amount of uh, responsibility on behalf of the. Yeah, you know, you can write all the disclaimers you like, but if something goes sideways and you hurt somebody, whether it's a patron or a worker, it is going to be not just as it would have been 15 years ago on the front page of the newspaper. It's going to be all over social media before you can even respond. Um, It's going to damage your organization. But more than that, you know, the event world, the live performance world, we're a tight community and we care about each other. So if someone gets hurt, uh, that's not just an expendable extra body. That's someone who's sort of part of a family. You're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to really struggle with that. And it's going to really damage the reputation of your event and potentially, you know, there are events that just never happen again because something went really badly, someone got hurt, someone filed a lawsuit, um, and that can be the end of something that was fantastic. So you don't want that. You don't want to go there. And health and safety, it, it's not just a management responsibility. I mean, a good health and safety team has management representation, but it's also got employees, it's got <laughs> volunteers, it's a whole team. It's a whole team, and people really need to understand where they fit into it. So that's part of what we'll be covering in the training is, you know, what are the pieces, what are the duties of the employer? Because the employer's at the top of the food chain, and they're the ones with the budget, they're the ones with the authority, and they must take the lead. They must create the program, and they must resource it. Supervisors are critically important in implementing and enforcing all of that, but as workers in Ontario, um, and certainly broadly, 
we each have an individual responsibility around the work we do, but also the work that the people around us do. You know, you can't sort of stand back and go, well, I'll just pretend I didn't see that guy uh, climbing, you know, 30 feet without a harness. You need to be able to participate. Um, and volunteers are a, an, a huge component as well, because the more volunteers, the more bodies you have out there, the more eyeballs you have. What's happening? What's developing? Um, you know, did something tip over? Have we got a monstrous trip hazard? Have we got, um, you know, something that we're going to have to respond to? Those volunteers can really help you with those things too. You're listening to Theo on the Air. Janet Celery from Celery Health and Safety is our guest. Back in just a moment. Festivals and Events Ontario supports a lively, engaged, and dedicated festival and events industry. Purchase your Festivals and Events Ontario membership today and get a team of people working to help you succeed. Here's just a few benefits that membership provides. Promotion, saving money, networking, industry awards, supplier discounts, communications, skills development, and so much more. So many benefits, so little cost. Buy your membership today. Contact us now, Debbie at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. The voice of festivals and events in Ontario. Feel on the Air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. Hello and welcome back to Fio on the Air. Janet Celery from Celery Health and Safety is our guest. Janet's going to be one of the instructors at our master class coming up in Hamilton on October 10th, 2019. And uh, Safety First is the title of the master class. Janet, can you walk us through a little bit of what uh, uh, somebody can expect that signs up for the course? Sure. Uh, so what we've called it is putting the pieces together. And we're talking about how to craft an event health and safety program. So I really want to start out by um, having people think about why it's important and all the different reasons why their individual organization should be paying attention to health and safety. But then we want to get into the how. So once we're, we're invested, we know we want to do it, we have lots of great reasons behind it. What are the steps we can take? So I'm going to walk people through a few different ideas. The first part is thinking about what you've already got, because sometimes that can be encouraging, right? You can go, okay, we don't have a completely blank piece of paper here. We've got a few people in our organization who have brought some pieces in. We've, we've put some stuff together from different events, and this is our starting place. So that's a great way to sort of begin to go, okay, well, we're already on our way. And then we look at what do you need? We'll have a brief sort of look uh, in a general way at legislation. What does the law say we have to have? And then we're going to spend some time talking about risk assessment because what makes the health and safety programs for our events and festivals unique is that we are dealing with a broad range of different activities. What we need to do is have a process for identifying what those activities are and then figuring out how we uh, control the various risks or hazards that we identify. And those are all kinds of different things. Some of it's documentation, some of it's training, um, some of it is actual, we need to do physical things about this. We need to have some engineering solutions. So once we can figure out what that health and safety program needs to be, then we can make sure we uh, create a list of all the things we're going to develop and find the resources for how do we tick all those boxes off. Um, so I really look forward to having participation from all of the people who attend. 
Um, I like to start the day by making sure that we know if someone's coming to the session with a particular challenge or issue that they want to have addressed so that we can make sure that we touch on that throughout the morning. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll have a lot of opportunity to interact and to really make sure we bring out what the unique issues are that people are facing. And, and a lot of time people think that they have a unique issue, but <laughs> only to find out that 12 other people in the room are dealing with exactly the same. Yes. And the reason that makes me laugh is that um, I have been... So I and I have done this right from the scratch, like I started from one piece of paper and built a whole program for a a large repertory theater. And there were so many times I felt like, oh, we're special, we're different, none of this applies to us. And it did take some time to figure out how to actually, you know, customize things and find the pieces I need. Um, But I've had the opportunity to work outside of this industry a little bit. And I had this tremendous surprise when I realized oh my goodness there are other industries out there who imagine that they are special and that they are different so really you know this is something we all grapple with Um, what I can bring to this is I have done this I have had to figure this out so I can sort of help people along and one of the things that I that is really important to me is that people develop some confidence in their ability to do this Because people who put on events and festivals, they're pretty smart people. They're organized. They know how to hit a timeline. They they can do things that other industries would think were just bananas, and they can make them happen. They can do exactly the same thing with their health and safety. And I think the thing with event people and festival people in particular is because of the time restraints and and the quick pace of everything happening it's a stressful job at the best of times Mm -hmm. so the more more prepared you are the better off you are to deal with you know i i don't like to be a naysayer but you know i always like to have four or five plans if this happens i'm going to do this yes this happens i'm going to do that because if you've got a a a thought in your mind about how you're going to react to something you're not spending that time as it happens trying to think, well, what do I do now? Absolutely. And that's why I think, you know, there's no shortcuts. You need to do that risk assessment. And part of it is, yeah, it's nice to end up with a piece of paper with everything documented. But for me, the biggest value in that is having your people around a table going, okay, what could go wrong here? And what are we prepared to do about it? Um, sometimes you will have a shocking moment of going, holy smokes, there's something really bad we didn't even think about. But other times you're going to have these moments of going, wow, that person who's been sort of working away quietly, they have put together a whole plan for this. Wow. Um, And we need to all know about it. So in both cases, it's that sharing of information and conversation that will really uh, stand you in good stead that day when, you know, the skies open and there's thunder and lightning or, you know, something unexpected happens um, that you are, you're ready and that your team is tighter because of it. And not having been through the program with you, is there time for one-on-one with people? Should they bring plans that they have in place or policies to to review or to to look at Um, what's your recommendation on that people are welcome to bring their you know if they want to bring some stuff absolutely um i certainly like to allow ample time for discussion and questions and you know i have to be honest i give out my business card after the session is done people are always welcome to be in touch with me um i answer a lot of questions i'm happy to do that um 
you know, people may want to talk about something in a bit more detail and, you know, they're, they're welcome to be in touch after the session is done as well. Uh, but we will spend a bunch of time talking together because, you know, I can facilitate the session, but a lot of that learning comes from each other. You know, when we're in a room together, because I guarantee you, you're going to have some really smart people coming out to this. Uh, sometimes people come because they've done a bunch of health and safety and they go, oh, I want to take it to the next step. Well, bring it on. Come through the door because there will be, you know, a dozen other people who go, ah, you figured that thing out that I've been struggling with. And that's super valuable. And that's just it. That's like our, our conventions or our conferences. It's that peer-to-peer support and networking. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like you said, people who have been through the process before and may have a solution for someone else in the room. Or Yeah, and they should bring their business cards to exchange or, you know, in some way connect with the people who are in the room because I attend a lot of professional development. I need to. And quite often I'll, you know, have this little bundle of cards and when I get home I'm finding people on LinkedIn I'm shooting out a question and that's often been the the most valuable information that I can find who does a thing like my thing because you know if I'm at a safety place and I'm talking to someone who does mining this is not helpful but if I find somebody who's doing something similar to me that's really great that's you know gold Janet Celery from Celery Health and Safety is our guest today. We're talking about our master class on Safety First on October 10th in Hamilton. Uh, Janet's going to be our guest speaker for a half of the day. And then we've got Kevin Jones from Odyssey Medical, who's going to run the other half of the day. So it's all about uh, safety first. It's about health and safety. And uh, any last piece of encouragement for people that are wondering, hey, should I come to this or... Well, what I will say is I know for festival and event people how hard it is to carve out time for their own professional development. I struggle with that sometimes because, you know, the deadlines are coming fast and furious. But I find that when I can step away from the office and the emails and the to-do list and have a chance to focus on a topic that's really important, it ends up being tremendously productive afterwards. Um... I usually make a million notes whenever I'm in a session and I have had entire you know policies procedures that I've been able to just you know the 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 words just flow off the pen or right into the computer afterwards because the connections are made you have the chance to focus and you're in an atmosphere that's very welcoming very supportive Um, so I really encourage people to come out I always learn new things um, I love to meet people who are so dedicated to this work because, you know, they're making magic out there and, and uh, it's all about trying to support them and help them do a better job at that. And for people that are trying to be careful of their costs, and, you know, unfortunately, education spending sometimes gets pushed to the side. But, you know, from a board of directors point of view, do due diligence. And this is all part of due yes, diligence. And, you know, every board member has a, a fiscal responsibility to the organization and a you know, a duty to ensure that they're following all the proper procedures. So They do. They have that due diligence and, you know, the best way for people, you know, can't, you can't just shut someone in a room and say, you know, come out with a health and safety program. It just can't happen. They need to have the support. Um, certainly the educational opportunities that you provide, they're really good value because um, it's a lot more money to, to contract with someone individually And maybe some people will do that, but most people will have enough information to go ahead 
and, and really make a strong start with it themselves. Uh, and they will have more people that they can, you know, I've been, I've been to things where I've sat next to someone and said, you know, I'm working on this, well, I'm working on this too. Well, how about I write it, you read it, we share it, we put our names on it and we both use it. So there are lots of opportunities there. And I, I, I always believe education is a great investment. And it's also uh, something that you can do for your staff to show that you support them and you care about them. I always felt that way. Um, there was no way I was going to get a monster bonus or a raise, but boy, if someone sent me off to some training, I felt that was something that was a real, a real valuable gift and helped me do my job better. And for all of our members on our website in our vault, we do have a, a series of health and safety policies and procedures under volunteers and under risk management, and it's something that we'll continue to update. And like you said, there's a lot of free stuff out there, but when you when you get an opportunity to sit down and focus and talk to peers and how they're doing it, I think that adds to the value for certain. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I appreciate the opportunity. I'm Dave McNeil. We'll be back in just a minute with Theo on the air. Become a Festivals and Events Ontario member today and join a family of more than 500 members that represent over 1,400 festivals and events in Ontario. Knowledgeable, dedicated and passionate event organizers and volunteers who can help make your event a success. Membership fees range in price depending on the size of your festival or event. If you're a supplier of goods or services, you can also become a member and get connected with planners across the province. So many benefits, so little cost. Buy your membership today. Contact us now, Debbie at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. Welcome back. Theo on the Air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. Welcome back to Theo on the Air, Janet Celery from Celery Health and Safety is our guest. We're talking about our masterclass, which happens in Hamilton on October 10th, 2019. And it's called Safety First. Janet is one of our speakers. If you want more information, go to festivalandeventsontario.ca. Uh, you'll be able to find the link, get more information and sign up for the class. Janet, um, last chance to promote you and your company and, and how for people to get in touch with you and get more information? Uh, well, I do have a website and uh, celeryhealthandsafety.com, A-N-D, Celery Health and Safety. And so I have some information there. Um, I'm also the chair of the Event Safety Alliance Canada, and so I'm involved with putting on uh, additional events, which some people might be interested in, and we have a Facebook page and all those good things, website and so on. Um, and I, I do a, fair, a, a huge variety of different kinds of consulting projects. Some of them are with live events, um, one of the big ones I worked on was the Luminato Festival when they went into the Hearn Generating Station. That was pretty interesting. Not too often you get to be in a decommissioned power, power plant. Um, but I do symphonies. I've worked with art galleries and museums, lots of theaters, and municipal uh, organizations that might have a variety of different arts activities. Um, so I, it's work that I really enjoy. I really enjoy the people who do this kind of work. Um, and I do a fair bit of teaching as well at theater schools and uh, different theater programs and arts programs. So I'm happy to hear from anybody, um, happy to help answer questions and find information. Well, we're really grateful that you're going to be part of our program uh, with the Safety First Masterclass. Thanks for coming in today and thanks for sharing your information. We'll make sure that it's uh, all of the contact information is updated on our SoundCloud page and in all of the correspondences we send out. So, Janet, thanks very much for stopping by. And I'm looking forward to October. Uh, you're listening to FIO on the air. Just a reminder that festivals 
build communities. Thanks for listening to FIO on the Air, the voice of festivals and events in Ontario. Festivals and Events Ontario has entered the world of podcasting with FIO on the Air. Join us as we sit down and chat with the movers and shakers of the festivals and events community. The goal is to share insight, advice, planning techniques, and overall strategy with you, our FIO members. On the next podcast, would you like us to interview someone specific, cover a particular topic, answer a question? Let us know. FIO on the Air wants to give you what you need to succeed. Contact us now, Dave at festivalsandeventsontario.ca.